Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to Barovia. I am your humble master of dungeons and keeper of dragons, Pixel. And I am pleased to present to you the 11th episode of Ages of Einor Presents The Curse of Strahd. When last we left our heroes, following Strahd's attack on the Burgomaster's house and his attempt to bite Irina Kolyana once more, our heroes and Arena and Ismark set out to try to reach the next town, Velaki, to the west. On the way, Ash had a disturbing vision at a crossroads on the old Svalich Road. A graveyard and gallows stand on the foothills to the southeast of the land of Barovia. There, Ash witnessed a gruesome specter, the hanging body of Thorin Fireforge, their fallen companion and Ash's adoptive brother. Ash rushed to cut down the body. And as they did, they had a vision of Thorin once again being dragged into darkness in a land beyond light. After a few moments of fear and recollection, our, he our heroes began to make their way to the Tsar Pool encampment, a Vistani encampment. There they found folk markedly different from the drab Barovians they had so far encountered. 
These people, including several non-humans, were dancing gaily, drinking jovially, dressed brightly, and all in all seemed more akin to a carnival camp than a Dow than Dow Barovian travelers. Uh, a distinct contrast to everyone else they had encountered. They were directed to Madame Ava's tent, whom they believed to be the individual referenced by the Angel of Helm, which spoke to Thorin in a vision back in the Death House, uh, and she performed a card reading in search of possible aid for the party in their battles against Strahd. They learned that they might find history, they might find knowledge of the ancient to help them better understand their enemy. The clue says it lies at a crossroads of life and death among the buried dead. They learned that they might find a powerful force for good and protection, a holy symbol of great hope, lying in a pile of treasure beyond a set of amber doors. They learned of power and strength, of a great weapon of vengeance, a sword of sunlight. They were told to look to the west and find a pool blessed by the light of the white sun. Their last cards, unfortunately, were ill-omened for now. In search of allies, they were told that they must face the battle alone. And in search of where the fated battle were to take place, they were told that the mists obscure all, and Madame Ava was unable to see where evil lurks. Meanwhile, Onyx and the siblings were waiting for the others to return from Madame Eva's tent. Uh, during that time, Onyx overheard a story being told by a Vistani storyteller, who told a tale of a wizard who came to Barovia and tried to raise a peasant army to overtake the vampire in the castle. But that the army was struck down and the vampire, a powerful spellcaster himself, engaged with the wizard in a great duel. But eventually the wizard was struck down and fell from the sky, losing his staff amidst the Tsar Falls to the west. After this, they all reunited and trudged along the path towards Velaki. However, just after they passed the castle and then the massive gates of Barovia, a grim mirror of the gates which stood at the entrance to the land which they had passed a mere two nights before, far to the west, they were beset in the woods by many strange creatures lurking in the underbrush as several scarecrows jumped forth to attack. And that is where we will pick back up, my friends. Players, if you could please roll initiative. I need to do something here. Yeah, you can ignore those things to the right. That's just so that I can get the uh, screen to move properly. Okay, uh, everybody good? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay, and you, I believe you guys were not surprised by all of this uh, due to the perception rolls that somebody had at the end of that. Um, um, Onyx isn't. You have a zero <clears throat> pal in the. Do I? Uh, yep. I can fix it. It's a ten. Look at you. Okay. Cool. Okay. There we go. Okay. And so, um, as these creatures begin to lurk out of the underbrush, Ash, you're up. What would you like to do? Okay. I think that Ash is just going to take a. St um, this is like some sort of stump here, right? Yes, that is a uh, tree stump. Okay, I, will, I think we're going to just move five feet over and draw our short bow. Okay. Take a shot at this thing here in front. Okay. Let her rip. 
That didn't work. Because I clicked it in the wrong box. I'm a professional. I buy panic. Let's and that is 13 hits. These Four things hits. are somewhat slow moving. That would be. Uh, oh, I don't have sneak attack, but it's seven piercing damage. Ah, yes. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, you fire your. Oh, wait. Hang on. You fire your arrow. Yeah. And it sinks into. Um, it seeks into the creature uh, and deals some damage, but you get the sense that. Uh, Hitting these things with conventional weapons is not the most effective thing you've ever seen because they are made of straw and animated by dark magics. Uh, nevertheless, it does not seem to like being shot with an arrow. Uh, anything else you'd like to do? Um, I think that's about all that I have. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. This thing is going to rush forward. How much movement does it have? Beautiful. Okay, this thing rushes forward next to you, Ash, and then since you attacked, it is going to attack you. I respect that decision. With two claw attacks, and they are garbage. Uh, I'm assuming eight doesn't hit your armor class. No, we're good to go. <laughs> Madam Rogue. Um, okay, so yeah, this thing, like, catches on the edge of the stump and, like, tries to claw at you with these weird, um, with these weird claws attached to the end of its hand that appear to be made out of, like, rusted sickles that have just sort of been like stuffed into the straw uh these things are pretty gross mm, um yes. tetanus damage yeah right uh that <laughs> brings us to Cass. yo you're up oh <clears throat> my bad that's fine okay okay so, so yeah this thing stumbled and tried to attack ash and uh now it's your turn what do you do well i'm gonna move up and i'm gonna hit with my long sword okay uh, 13 hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, okay, six points of damage. Okay, again, this thing is, like, made out of straw, so it is a little... You know, you get the sense that it's not the most effective, but it does still damage it. Uh, anything else? No, I think I'm good. Okay. Okay. That brings us to our other... This thing is going to... Start dashing into the fray. And it can reach Wandress. So, um, Wandress, you are going to have two Scarecrow attacks coming at you. Okay, I've got a 19 and a 9. 19 hits. Okay, uh, so you are going to take five <laughs> points of slashing damage, and I need a wisdom saving throw. I rolled a 16. Okay, that will make the save. Uh, that brings us to Ismark, who is going to rush into the fray. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's see what he does this time. He's had a bad oh. track record, but uh, <laughs> let's see. He does not have a shield. He's going to grab his longsword. Oh, no, he's going to he's going to one hand with his longsword and also draw his short sword. So he's sort of like double wielding here. He's going to make a total of three attacks. 
two of which hit. Uh, so one of his long sword attacks and, and his short sword attack hit uh, for, let's see. Okay, as he starts cutting into the creature, Onyx, you're up. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and try to um, cast Firebolts. Okay. At this one uh, next okay. to Ismark. Very good. Uh, so let's go into here. Uh, 21 will hit. Okay. Now, uh, this thing is made out of like dried straw and whatnot. So as you begin to light it on fire, you hear an unholy shriek of pain, and you get the sense that that was actually extra effective. Really, really did not like that business. (laughs) So. Okay. um, Okay. Uh, So that's your fireball. Anything else from Onyx? Um, I do not believe so. I think that should be it. Excellent. That brings us to Arena. What does Arena have at her disposal? Okay, Irina, all she has is a rapier, so she is going to try to kind of dip around. She's going to have to go all the way around to be able to reach this thing. (laughs) Uh, And she is going to make an attack with her rapier. Yeah! 14 is going to hit for five points of piercing damage. Uh, So she just, like, stabs it. The one that Onyx lit is, like, its head caught on fire and it's, like, flailing around. The other one is just, like, you're poking straw with little sharp bits of metal and some of the straw is falling out. Okay. Which one did he set on fire, just out of curiosity? Uh, this one. Okay, uh, so the, the one, one is Mark. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay, so... Okay, these guys are gonna have to dash to get into melee with anybody. So that one races in <coughs> next to Ismark. Uh, Wandris, you're up. Okay, so Wandris is seeing what's happening and that the fire is um, is really <clears throat> affecting these creatures. And so he reaches uh, into his pack and pulls out his flaming sphere. Okay. And he is going to uh, to toss his flaming sphere right on... Um, <clears throat> Right to let's see. I'm trying. Like if I move up there, you'll see where I where I am. It's going to be like if I throw it right there. Okay, hang on. I got to get you a flaming. Now let me see. Wait a minute. No, that's not good because that. Oh dear. Okay. How how big is the flaming sphere? It's a five foot diameter, and I realized doing that. Yeah, there is literally. Do I have ownership of that now? Um, I'm working on it. Yeah, now that I'm I'm looking at that and realizing what it is, I think that there's no way to get it without getting some of the children involved. Okay, um, well, let's look at what the spell says. It's a five-foot diameter, which means it would take up four squares, okay. right? Uh, you have it a five-foot. Yes. That, well, yeah. that's a 10. No, that's a 10-foot diameter right there. Oh, so it really was the 5-foot? Okay. Yeah, so this okay, is a 5-foot. Five five but it's of, like, it does things to stuff uh, next to it, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And yeah, so let's if put I it use in chat. that. I, I, can, I can make that happen. Uh, okay. If I do that, it's going to hit. Where, it's got to uh, hit one of the kiddos. Flaming sphere. So I guess that, that as Wanderers okay, is thinking wait, about that, it wouldn't it be such a good idea. Okay, let's look at that. 
All right, flaming sphere. Uh, five foot diameter sphere appears in an occupied space within range. Any creature that ends its turn within five feet of the sphere. Yeah, there's nowhere to get no way to do it. That yeah, one of them wouldn't. So you would have to. You could. You could land it on this guy. Um, over there. Yeah, that you no. I'm I'm looking for something of what's directly in. He's looking for something. Wanders. Okay. okay. So the next best thing I think it's all that Wanderers has in a moment of panic is as a bonus action he's going to cast Shillelagh on his quarter staff. Okay. And that means that um, I get to use my wisdom modifier, which is a plus four, instead right. of my ten for the attack roll. Yeah. And so you have roll. a thing in your attacks that says Shillelagh. So if you use that, it should be set up correctly. Okay, there it is in the attacks. Okay, it's a 23 to hit. 23 hits. And I do six points of damage. Okay. Two, like the shillelagh is going to okay, be... Okay, and the one directly in front of you? The one directly in front okay. of me next and to the guy. And that actually is... Let's take a look. Yeah, you get the sense that the magical energy surrounding your weapon actually makes it more effective against these things. Uh, it's sort of like the positive <clears throat> natural energy sort of strips away some of the uh, necrotic energy that animates this creature. Uh, and your attack appears to do full damage. Okay, and Wanderous, in case somebody didn't notice that, Wanderous is shouting, my magic is good here. <laughs> nice. Okay, uh, next up is this guy who can he... He can, rushes up to Arena, rut row raggy, two claw attacks, a 10 and a 5. All right, Arena, what's your armor class? 15. So Arena, in her uh, heavy breastplate, uh, just sort of these attacks kind of glance off of her as she parries with her rapier, and uh, I can't roll for shit tonight, apparently, guys. Here I thought I, here news. I was here I was worried this this encounter was gonna like totally kill you guys, but apparently not. Okay, and then this guy, uh, let's see, he's gonna have to sprint. Um, these guys are basically just gonna go for the closest creature. Um, and he had to dash, so he doesn't get to attack. Okay, nice. So we have entered the melee phase of the battle, <laughs> where everyone just bunches up in the middle. Uh, Ash, you're up. What would you like to do? You have uh, one dude to ride on you. Uh, Irina is going solo with this other dude. What would you like to do? So before I make any sort of move, can we talk about the logistics of how I would use like a tinder box or anything in combat? Okay. Yeah. So I think uh, if you were going to grab a torch and try to light it, I, I think that would be an action. Okay. So it would take your turn this turn, but would get you a more effective weapon for the future. Okay. Um, the other thing about the torch is I don't think sneak attack would apply to it because it only applies right. to like dexterity weapons. And this is improvising something you're not proficient with. Um, but I would rule a torch would be one D four on these guys. And you use your strength mod to attack with it without proficiency. Um, okay. And, but if you hit, it'll do double damage because they're, they're vulnerable. So it's kind of a trade off. So it's like, do I sacrifice my sneak attack or do I right. go for the... Yeah. Crap. I don't know which one I want to do. Indecision. Be, be, think, be Ash. <laughs> what would Ash do? Well, you know, listen, Ash has made some questionable decisions, but it doesn't take a genius to realize that fire probably is doing the job. Um, 
Okay. So maybe what we'll run for is we're going to disengage for sure because I don't want to attack opportunity from this cat. Okay. I, I would like to move up next to Arena. Okay. Noticing that she's kind of taking it on by herself. And we will we'll use our <clears throat> we'll use our action to um, see. Now I'm thinking du- double, right? Because if it's just double damage, just like the best I do is like eight, right? Um, plus your what's your strength mod? Double check that. Because it would be eight plus strength. your strength mod. Or I guess actually, if they're vulnerable, it doubles all damage from the attack. So it's plus two, I guess. So the most you could do is. Uh, like twelve or something. Yeah. So if you get if you maxed out and did eight plus two is ten. No. If you ma- yeah four pl- yeah so. Twelve yeah like twelve. I think that I'm just gonna have to go with the the sword attack. I almost feel like that'd be we have okay. potential to, to do more damage there. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, your short just, sword is what a d six. Yeah, plus four. And your sneak attack is a d6. Yeah. So if you max split when what's your dex mod? We're getting into the nitty gritty, y'all. Oh, yeah. Uh, four. So four. So if you max damage on that, that's 12 plus four is 16 divided by two is eight. So. Oh, wait. So they're so they're resistant to other types of damage. Which yes. Me. Yeah. So okay. they're resistant to I'll just tell you, you know, we like to dance around it, but I'll just tell you these things are resistant. You guys could probably tell this to non magical yeah. bludgeoning, piercing, slashing damage, which is a super common resistance for monsters like this to have. Um, so that but they are specifically vulnerable to fire damage. So everything fire is doubled. Anything magical is flat. And then anything non magical is uh you know, well, that forces my hand. Let's light this baby. I don't know if I have okay. a torch, actually, though. Uh, um, so what you, I do if you have, got like an explorer's pack or a dungeoneer's pack, those usually come with torches, right? Uh, I have a hooded lantern, my friend. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. This might be the, the best that I have, though. Do, okay, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm taking way too long with my turn, and I very much apologize for this. Can I dump a flask of oil on this thing? Do you have a flask of oil? I have to. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. You can dump a flask of oil on this Okay. Thing. Let's do that. I would like to do that, Because I'm pretty sure there actually are uh, rules in 5th edition for, for do- using a flask of oil like that. So if you will like- stand by for one second. I don't know if that like help. Uh, so yeah, this would be another. So this will be an attack roll with your strength modifier, um, and you're not proficient. So just roll a d20 and add strength. Okay. I don't know if this is going to do us any favors, but you know what? Since when do I do anything? Uh, what was it? One d20. I got to remember the. Yes, one slash r one d20 plus whatever your strength number is. Okay, where's the plus button? Let's do it. We got this. No, I panic. I'm only panicking a little. And plus strength is to your end. Oh, correct. Hold on. We have 17. 17 will hit. Okay, an oil flask. Let's look at this thing. Okay, if the target takes any five any fire damage before the oil dries, it takes an additional five fire damage from the burning oil. Is that if lit, the oil burns for two rounds, it deals five damage to any creature. Okay, so it'll take two rounds worth of five damage 
Uh, if somebody can light that thing on fire, it'll take a good chunk of damage from that, basically. Okay, I did good. Okay, hey. so Ash, you rush around, you dip away using the uh, using the tree stump to guard your escape, disengaging from the creature, whipping out a flask of oil and just smashing it into this scarecrow, watching as the viscous uh, ooze just sort of dribbles all over its straw-y body. Uh, and that's your action bonus action movement. Uh, we are moving on then. Uh, this scarecrow now has a target in Cass Amblecrown. Um, well, alrighty. That is, ooh, I got Oof. a 17 and I got a crit. Does a seven, so does a 17, 17 hit. doesn't hit. Okay, great news. So you take, um, <laughs> damn. No, it doesn't hit. Yeah, no, so you, you it rolled a crit clumsy. on the other one. So the second attack was a nat 20. Uh, so that oh. is going to be 16 points of slashing damage. Damn, he rolled nasty Rip. on that. Uh, on that damage. Although it would have been with the homebrew rule anyway. Have we been doing the homebrew rule in this campaign? I actually don't know if we have. There's not been a lot of crits on our end, so I don't know. I can just I can just check your sheets and, and find out. We have been using the homebrew rule. So it, it, it rolled what he would have already rolled. So anyway, that's 16 points of damage. Yeah. Cast Amble Crown, brutal. As the first attack, you easily bat it away, but with surprising speed, it sort of comes in with the other uh, other arm and gores you pretty bad. Um, bringing it back to you, what would you like to do? Okay, so... Right. Well, he's probably going to light that one on fire next turn. Um... I mean, I'm going to go for the one that just hit me. Okay. Yeah, let it rip. Respectable decision. Thirteen will hit. Okay, and that is just going to be the five slashing damage. As you begin to carve some more straw off of this thing. Wait, how... How's it a five? So it rolled uh, f as if you have advantage, but you didn't have advantage, right? So it technically counted that crit. Oh, okay. But, it, but we only take the left one since you didn't have advantage. Yeah, I was just confused by the damage roll. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Sense. It's like if you roll a 20 on either one, it goes ahead and rolls the crit damage, even uh, if. Okay. Also, that is not set up properly, and I need to fix that on your sheet. Speaking of, anyway, uh, okay. Anything else from Cass? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, that brings us to the next scarecrow, which is going to go once after Wanderous. This one. Has been lit on fire. It's having a real bad time. Okay, that's a 10 and a 4. So yeah, this thing just can't get over the whole being on fire. So it can't decide if it wants to put itself out or uh, attack Wanderous. And in the uh, in the meantime, it is quite easy for you to avoid his uh, attacks. Uh, that brings us to Ismark. Okay. Um, who wants to roll a luck check for us? I am unlucky um, by nature, so um, I got it. 
Okay. Say. What's the luck check? So uh, give me a D1 R slash R D100, 1D100. And uh, somebody tell me high or low before we roll this. Uh, high. High. Okay. So on a high roll, Ismark has a torch. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. So Ismark is 17. torchless. So he is going to go ahead and use his uh, attacks. That is two long swords and a short sword. What do we got? All three nice. of those are a hit. Nice. Okay. So that is 10, 28 points of slashing damage halved to, what is that, 12? 14? 14. So Ismark, um, seeing his sister being attacked, uh, it just turns into a whirl of blades and swish, 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 slashes until there is just like a puff of straw in the air as that uh, as that creature that was trying to attack Wandress is no more. It's reduced to some fucking hay on the ground, friends. Hashtag Zaddy in chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then uh, Onyx. You're up. Uh, I am going to attempt to um, hit the one near um, Ash uh, with a firebolt. So, okay. Let's see if that <laughs> singes man in arenas. Wow. I let her rip. Okay. A 12 uh, will hit, actually. Okay. okay. I was like, and that is six, so that is 12 points of fire damage, plus it lights on fire. And I just looked that up. It will take five fire damage per turn. Yeah, for two turns. Round. So it takes 10 fire damage on this turn and is lit on fire. Uh, and so that one is having just a real bad time. <laughs> just the worst time that you could have. Uh, okay. Well done, Onyx. So you light this thing up, the oil just... And yeah, uh, Irina and Ash, your eyebrows get a little singed as this sort of flare of uh, oil blows the, uh, bursts into this thing. Uh, anything else from Onyx? Um, I don't think so i'll actually um i'm gonna try let's see uh i'll try to move over here I i'm assuming i can go into the trees yes uh the trees are difficult terrain because okay. of the un underbrush so you won't be able to move quite as far but you can so, move into the trees that's about Okay, so like me right there. Um, yeah, I'm gonna move there. Um, okay. I'm just gonna try to get into a better spot where I can see all of them. Okay, excellent. Okay, uh, let's see. All right, um, Ash. Arena looks at you, our, uh, pops an eyebrow, and says, uh, uh, "She says." Uh, God, I don't remember what voice I did for her. I think it was just vague British accent, right? <laughs> she says, um, do you think the fire's got it or should we stab it more? Um, I don't know the reply for that. Uh, I'll, I'll handle this one. You can go help your brother. 
Okay. So she is actually based. She she's well, she's gonna scooch over a little bit, not exit uh range, but she is going to uh throw a rapier at the other one that is a 14 for six points of piercing damage, which is halved. So she begins to cut into the one that Cass has been slashing into. Um Okay. That brings us to this one, which is going to uh, begin to scoot into the trees uh, to surround his mark a little more fully and is going to uh, give him some claws. Okay, uh, I don't think either of those hit him. What is his AC? His AC is 17. Uh, God, so both of the attacks just... His mark and his whirling blades are able to keep the thing at bay. Um, bringing us back to Wandrus, you're up. Wandrus gets keeping... <clears throat> Try this again. Wandrus keeps getting stymied in his desire to throw his flaming sphere because people move around. So... <laughs> Uh, he he realizes that um, he can't use it on those two guys either, so he is going to move forward five feet to make himself okay. an additional target to um, to the the guys that are around him, and he's going to be looking to the one at his right and the one above him to see which one is the most damaged and what would he see because he's going to use his shillelagh on them. Yeah, so the one that Cass and Arena have been attacking... Uh, has taken some hits. The other yeah. one is untouched. Okay, so trying to uh, trying to get rid of anything, hopefully kill something. Wanderous is going to, and knowing that his magic is good, Shillelagh again. That guy, okay. and that's a twenty-three, but That'll not hit. a nat twenty. And that is twelve points of damage to nice. the guy to my right. Yeah, twelve points of damage. Once again, a mighty hit. It is not dead. Uh, but it is beginning to look pretty wounded. Uh, you can see a lot of the stuffing has been knocked out of it, and the straw is sort of hanging limply, and the like weird sack cloth clothes that it had are sort of like loose and flabbier now. Uh, so that's your action. Anything else from Wondrous? He just shouts again, my magic is good. Excellent. Okay, uh, this thing is currently on fire, so I'm going to give it disadvantage on attacks because it that that seems fair. It's made out of straw and it's on fire, uh, but it is going to try to attack Ash because you're the one that threw the oil on it. Valid. And they are about as smart as a person, so they do know that that's what that did. Also valid. Okay, with disadvantage, one is a 17, one is a 6. Um, The 17 uh, does hit. Okay, so you do take seven points of slashing damage, and I do need a wisdom saving throw. I think I forgot Cass's wisdom saving throw earlier, but we're not going to go back for it because I'm a dummy. So do I, can click, I can click it like on the... Um... Uh, you have a saving throws box just above your skills box. Oh, there it is. Yep. That is a seven. Oh, seven. Right? Okay, so you fail. Ash, this flaming creature, you can see it's like red eyes flash out from the flames. Uh, and for a moment, this hellish creature frightens you. So you are frightened um, until the end of the Scarecrow's next turn. Oof. So that just gives you disadvantage on attacks. Uh, okay, this thing is going to attack. Um, it's got a 50-50 shot of uh, 
Ismark or Wandress. So one is Ismark, two is Wandress. Okay, Wandress, you've got another Scarecrow attack coming at you. Uh, I've got a 22 and an 11. 22 hits. Okay. Uh, so that is going to be five points of slashing damage, and I need another wisdom saving throw. Also, um, I think we've been doing a pretty good job, but don't forget to call out your roles, everybody, uh, for the folks <laughs> who are listening to this in the audio format. Wanderers rolled a 17. That saves. Uh, Wanderers is not frightened. Okay. Ash, you're up. Okay. So I have a question. Yes. <laughs> We're starting off the turn just like last time. Um, I have an abil- uh, a feature, something called Steady Aim. Uh-huh. And what it does, as a bonus action, I can give myself advantage on the next attack. Correct. Uh, of my current turn. Would that cancel out the Frightened thing and just give me a flat roll? or? Yes, it would. That is exactly okay. what it would do, in fact. Okay, excellent. So I'd like to do that. That way, at least we're not rolling with disadvantage. And I am an inquisitive rogue, so I have no magic. So we're just going to do a short sword attack. Okay. This is what I got. Don't you also have that, like, insightful fighting thing? Um, I do. Or do you not get that yet? I don't know when you get that. At third it? level, you gain the ability to decipher an opponent's attack and develop a counter to them. As a bonus action, you can make a wisdom insight check against a creature and see that isn't incapacitated. Contested by the charisma. Uh, uh, if you succeed, you can sneak attack against target even if you don't have advantage on the attack roll. Ooh. But I've already used my bonus action to do the steady aim. Yeah, that's fine. I just want to remind you you have that. Okay, I didn't see it down there, so thank you for reminding me. We'll leave it's that It's basically open. an extra way you can get sneak attack if... Without somebody you, being in melee. Yeah, yeah. if you uh, don't have somebody in melee. Okay, cool. Of course, Let's steady see. aim will do the same thing with your, as long as you don't move. So, anyway, carry on. Well, I appreciate the reminder there anyway. So short sword attack. No advantage. It's a 24. 24 hits, and you will have sneak attack on this roll. Oh, hell yeah, baby. So we're looking at three on the sneak okay. and eight on piercing. So 11. Uh, great. Yeah, so you uh, start cutting into this thing. It is looking really rough. Um, Anything else from Ash? That was action, bonus action, any movement? I cannot move because of steady aim. Right, you it can't move because it's in a game. You are correct. Right. Thank you. Okay, so uh, the one that has been mostly uh, attacked by Wandress and Irina and Cass, uh, I'm just going to roll. You've all hit it recently, so we're going to go uh, bottom to top. One is Cass, two is Wandress, three is Arena. And what do we got, friends? Three is Arena. Oof. Oh, no. Sorry, Arena. She has like breast, like a breastplate though, so she was looking. She's good got good on AC. AC. Okay, so seven does not hit. Twenty does hit for six points of slashing damage against Arena. So she, uh, as this thing is flailing about, Wandress is just beating it with a stick. Cass is <laughs> stabbing it or slashing at it with a long sword, while Arena is rapiering it. Actually, hang on. That wouldn't even help. She has like a parry thing, but it wouldn't even stop it. Okay, uh, so she takes six points of slashing damage, and you can see she is quite badly wounded uh, as her voice echoes through the trees. Uh, and Ismark <laughs> immediately like snaps his head over to see what's going on over there. Uh, Cass, you're up. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm going to go at it with the old long sword again. Okay. 19 hits. Damn straight. 
Okay. You guys are closing in. This thing is not quite dead yet, but it is. it really is looking quite rough. Okay. And then for a bonus action, I'm going to cast Searing Smite on my longsword. Okay. So you've got Searing Smite on your longsword. And that'll go off next turn on your next successful attack. Yep. Okay. Ismark is up. Um, all right. We're going to make a wisdom saving throw for Ismark to see if he does the tactically smart thing or the, uh, the dumbass brother thing. That's, uh, ooh, that's a nine. All. It's the dumbass brother thing. He is so, not very wise. His wisdom Ismark, rolls are always terrible. Ismark dips in between these two creatures, baiting an attack of opportunity from one of them. Does he take damage? He does not. He gets lucky and skates away, uh, and then he is going to join in the fest of attacking the thing that attacked his sister. Uh, let's see. So we're going to roll these separately because it might matter. That is an 18 for four slashing damage. <coughs> and then... Oh, that's not the right sheet. You, come here. Second attack is a 20. That'll hit for 11 slashing damage, which is going to be five. So he skates around and with a vengeance just absolutely annihilates the thing you guys have been wailing on. And then he's going to turn and make a short sword attack against one of the remaining scarecrows. Uh... For a 16, which is going to hit for four points of slashing damage, a glancing blow, uh, but he does begin to wear into that last uh, one over there. Uh, okay. That is Onyx. You are up. You are muted. Yes. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for burning hands. Um, yes. Uh, Do you want the, uh, 15, want the 15 thing? foot cone? I would appreciate it just yeah. so I know I'll how give big you, it is. <laughs> I'll give you both of them. Okay. Their shape changes a little depending on if you're going like sideways or flat. Um, so if you're going uh, okay. sideways like this, you yep. could go like right there and get both oh. those guys. Uh, yeah. Um, versus this way. Which is. Yeah, you. Oh, from right I mean, there, you can still get both of them from right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll just go ahead and stay there, uh, I think. Yeah, that'll uh, get both. And then I'll just go ahead and uh, do burning hands. Okay. Uh, let me put this into... Oh. I'll leave that there. Where'd that go? There it is. Yes. Okay, so they have to make deck saves. Okay, so uh, both of them fail to save. <laughs> Woo. Yes. Okay, so you launch your burning hands, uh, and some of these trees begin to kind of catch fire uh, around here a little bit. Excuse you. Try to. As you launch your flames. Um, however, these scarecrows are definitely going to take damage. Uh, so they are going to take 20 damage a pop. Damn. 
So they are quite badly burned. You see these things Jeez. go from basically unscathed to just like wreathing wraiths of flame in a heartbeat as Onyx just sort of stands and just <laughs> unleashes. Uh, what does it look like as you unleash Burning Hands? Have we? I don't think you've cast this yet, have you? Uh, I have not. So I believe it would be, um, I guess, like, uh, it's like a kind of like a mudslide, but with fire sort of like okay so it's just like a lava spew just like it's just kind of like a little bit of a lava spew like <laughs> oh incredible as you yeah. sort of vomit lava from your hands all over these scarecrows uh, and they begin to burn and shriek in an unholy voice sort of like this weird double voice thing going on uh okay so that is a devastating spell from onyx uh, any movement or bonus action um I think I'm just going to stay here for now. Um, okay. well, actually, no, I think I might get behind Wanderous. Yeah, I'll get behind Wanderous. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so Onyx blasts the blast flames and begins to light part of the trees on fire and lights these guys up and then sort of like <laughs> runs over behind Wanderous's bulk, uh, bringing us back to Arena, who is again very badly injured who is going to um i think the only thing that makes sense for her is to turn around and attack the one because if she leaves this threat range she'll get an attack of opportunity so she is going to attack the one uh that you said you had but five she does not get it so she sees the one uh, that Ismark uh, gets, but she's still kind of like wounded, clutching her side from the scraping claws that made it through her armor. So she whirls around to try to stab the other scarecrow, but around the bush that's kind of between them, she is just not able to land a solid hit. Um, okay, this one, which is lit on fire, is going to scooch up next to Wandress and is going to attack Onyx. Ooh. Because you lit it on fire, and it's the worst pain it's ever known in its life. And it shows, because it got a 9 and a 5. So it is just, like, flailing ineffectually at you uh, as it tries to <laughs> land a hit, bringing us to Wanderous himself. And Wanderous finally seeing his opportunity that has been holding his flaming sphere this entire time, <laughs> lobs his flaming sphere over to uh just over one of them's head and drops it right in front of them just aims okay. it um and it uh, it will burst into flame and it is an interesting flame it is obviously fire but it is uh more purple than than yellow as it as it flickers and moves there is yellow but the edges of it kind of go into purple and he casts he casts that at them and he would um, <clears throat> also say over his shoulder to Wanderous, magic is good, too. Okay. And this one. Okay. So what do I do to make that happen now? I am working on it. Uh... Okay. So there is your purplish um, flaming sphere. Um, and you just click on the spell and it should roll damage. And I believe they... I gotta look. I, I think they take damage when their turn begins. Okay, cast at what level? I'm going to cast it at level two. That's what okay. it tells me. Yeah. Sure, you can cast it at either level one or level two. I think. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and cast it at level two. There's a DC 14 dexterity save. Okay. Um. Um. Okay, you need to roll one more d6. 
I don't think it I don't think it did your extra damage on that. Uh, and let's okay. see. Okay, it says, uh, okay, five feature appears and it lasts for the duration. Any creature that ends its turn within five feet of the sphere must make a dexterity saving throw. Creature takes 2D. Okay, as a bonus action, you can move the sphere up to 30 feet. If you ram the sphere into a creature, that creature must make the dexterity saving throw. Okay, so basically um, what needs to happen is right now with a bonus action, uh, you need to pick one of them and the sphere is going to ram into it. And it'll go okay. ahead and make the dex save now. Okay, versus... the one that I'm going to pick to jam it in is the one that is uh, beside um, the guy. Okay, the one that just attacked Onyx? Ish, 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 ish kebab. Oh, the uh, one, the, the one north by one by Ismark? Okay, yeah. it rolled a 10. Ismark, that does not yeah. make the save. It is going to take, uh, what is that? 17. 17. It's going to take 34 points of fire damage. It is How incinerated. How did it get to be 34? Because it it's fire damage and it's weak to fire damage, so it doubles. So this, after Onyx unleashes Burning Sphere, uh, Wandris grabs your staff in your hand and, like, lobs a fireball, which sort of, like, arcs over and <laughs> rams into this creature. Uh, and it is just fully burned up as this thing, uh, as this thing uh, is hit by the fireball. The other one won't make the save unless it ends its turn uh, within five feet of it. Uh, but you will force it to move, which will mean it'll get a bunch of attacks of opportunity, so... Okay, the one in front of Ash takes 10 points of fire damage, and Ash, the one that you were fighting, has been burning this whole time, finally falls to its knees and just fully burns out on the ground, leaving you uh, up to do whatever you would like. Okay. Let's have some fun, then. Um, five. I think we can make it with our movement. To cut off its escape, right? I think. Sure. And uh, I'm no longer frightened, so we won't have disadvantage, right? That is correct. So let's let's attack this bad boy. We'll just do a simple short sword attack. Okay. Um, real quick. I won't read this insightful fighting again. I should have done that. I didn't realize my turn was coming up that quick. It's fine. Um, I think you can use it now if you want with a bonus action to try to get advantage on this thing. Okay, that's basically that's it, right? Is it just gives me Yeah, advantage. so you make an insight check and it makes I think just a deception check. And if you win, then you get advantage. Okay, so I need to make a insight check, right? Did, yes. I, did I get that? Okay. Let's do that. Inside okay. for eight. Alrighty. It's gonna make a deception check. Okay. For 18. Oof. Okay, so enough. with it being lit on fire, you're not quite able to get a good read on its attack patterns. Uh you get the sense this is not sort of its normal state. <laughs> it's a little it's a little erratic well, right now. I feel like maybe something <laughs> different. But you still can make your attack. Uh, yeah. If you would like, with just without advantage. Okay. Short sword for 13. 13 hits. And then attack. You have a sneak Damage attack. Rather, uh, 9 plus 6. Okay, so that is 15 yeah. points. So. Okay, so you are cutting it down. Um, it had been lit on fire by, uh, by Onyx's attack. Uh, it is really quite on death's door here, but not quite dead just yet. Bring us to Cass. You're up. 
Well, there's only one thing left to do. And that would be There's yeet. only one thing to do. Two words. I'm gonna stab you. That's more than two words. Uh, okay. And, it also, and also, I'm gonna use... Well, I like I applaud searing smite. So you did, you two. did. Yeah, okay, so eight points of slashing damage. And then uh, we need to know what searing smite does. I'll show that spell description. Okay. Uh, the attack deals an extra 1d6 fire damage, which you just which rolled for four. four. Yep. And then causes it to ignite, which... Uh, the four, however, is going to kill it. So, uh, Cass, tell me. So so you said it fell to its knees, right? Sure. I'm just going to run up and slice it right at the neck. My sword's glowing red hot from the flame of the searing smite. <laughs> yeah. And I imagine when Cass goes to, like, decapitate the scarecrow, the head goes spinning and it just bursts into flames. Yes. So yeah, as you as you cut the head and it bursts into flames, and there's this little bit of like shower of sparks, like almost like fireworks, as like bits of the straw that kind of get flung around sort of land on the ground and sputter out. Uh, and that is going to take us out of initiative. Real quick. Just before we, another word is uttered, can we just talk about how none of us went down in this combat? <laughs> that may be the first time that has happened this right? entire campaign. Bro, I got fucked up, though. Yeah, well, but, but you didn't go down. Yeah. <laughs> it's the small victories. Okay. Yeah, especially after those wolves almost murdered me. Ooh. Okay, friends. Let's see. Um... Yeah, that takes us out of combat. You're standing in the woods. Everything in Barovia is kind of damp all the time. So the fire that had caught in some of the, the underbrush, which is, you know, everything is kind of like marshy. It, it's sort of like the, what is that? That swamp from the never-ending story. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, Everything's just you. kind of like wet and gross all the time. Mist yeah. everywhere. Uh, and so the fires don't last long. They sort of quickly sputter down and you are left standing and panting. In the Barovian woods. So, real quick, can I just go ahead and use Lay on Hands on Arena? Uh, I think so. You haven't used it yet. To Well, no, you used it this morning, didn't you? I've got five left. You've got five left. Then, yes, you can. I'll go ahead and burn the rest of that. <clears throat> okay. Let me come over and here. Then, if I could just go ahead and cast Cure Wounds on myself to just regain some HP. Um, yeah, sure. Okay, well, I'll recover eight. That'll get me back up to 30. <clears throat> okay. And uh, yeah, so you stand here in the woods. If I can find the right creepy ambiance, I will play it. There it is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you you were on your way. You were headed west along the old Svalich Road, which is this road that kind of 
continues on through the trees. Um, from Wanders. here, in the distance, you can see a strange, sort of decrepit-looking windmill um, off to the west a little bit. Uh, sorry, and what were you saying, uh, Wanderous? Wanderous is standing there breathing heavily and doesn't look like in the greatest shape himself. <clears throat> And says, we must hurry and get to a safe place. We are vulnerable here. And Wanderers would encourage everyone to begin to move and quickly along this road and not to stay in this wooded area for another minute. <laughs> Agreed, Wanderers. <clears throat> All right. Um, okay, so you're not taking a short rest or anything? You guys are just pressing on? Wanderers wouldn't. He doesn't have any thing to gain from a short rest so he no. would be saying we should head to a safe place and he's gonna <laughs> take off okay he would uh, check on onyx is onyx in good shape to be trundling alone on his along on his own <laughs> i mean um like i'm not hurt but i only have one level one spell slot left um well Wanderous i'm out of spell hurt. slots yeah Wanderers is hurt, and he would I can just want to hurry back, along. But yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I I can definitely cat like keep keep up with y'all, or as much as I can with my short no what legs. A, what about <laughs> the girl? How how what kind of shape would he be offering to give the woman a you know, um, to carry her or anything? You, or? Yeah, so you the the wound has been healed uh, a good bit. Okay. Um. So she's got, it's still a little bit of like a scratch, but it's not like a deep gash like it was. Then before. she's in better shape than Wanderous is. Yeah. Okay. So everyone's pressing on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Wanderous would be pushing ahead as fast as he could. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah, so as you come out of the woods about half a mile later, uh, you can kind of see that the old Svalish road uh, sort of transitions here from being this winding path through these mountains, the Balanok Mountains, to a kind of lazy trail that hugs the mountainside as it descends into a fog-filled valley. In the heart of the valley, it's telling me you can see this from here, so I'm going to reveal it on your map. Stand by one second. Uh, let's see. Let's grab maybe up here. Like that, probably. So down in the heart of the valley, you can see a walled town. I'm going to put the... Oh, that's not what I want. Stand by, everyone. I did the wrong thing. No. Okay. Um... It. I'm having troubles. Okay, you see the walled town, which you assume to be Velaki. Um, and you also can see the shores of a great mountain lake. The shores are dark, and the water is still. And a branch in the road you see ahead of you leads a little bit further to the west to a promontory, atop which is perched a dilapidated stone windmill, its warped wooden veins stripped bare. So uh, that's about half a mile in. Um, you kind of have to go down past that branching road, but you know that your true uh, goal lies farther along. What would you like to do? 
I say we keep going. I don't really see a point in going to the windmill. I There were windmills in that terrible house in the pictures. I can't go there in this kind of shape. No, no. And Wanderers is going to, unless you stop him, he's going to bypass the okay. windmill. Yeah, I think <laughs> that Ash's intention would also be to just get the, get the um, safety, the paired of them to where we promised first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I have a whole separate agenda after this is done. So, yeah. Okay. Now let's see. We did travel pace before you guys were moving, I think at a normal pace. Yeah. Um, which is three miles an hour. So you've moved for half a mile. So the next time we hit, uh, let's see. With the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so you pass up the uh, curving trail that goes towards the windmill and I need somebody to roll me. Uh, I will tell you what I need you to roll me. Stand by. Uh, I think I rolled last time, didn't I? Yes, I think we're back to Vincent rolling and I would like you to roll me a d20, please. Looks like a 12. 12. Okay. With a 12, as you come around the bend of the woods, the valley opens up before you, and you are free to carry on. Hey. Um, okay. And so at this point, you have now traveled, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five hours on the road, plus probably an hour uh, of talking with the Madam Eva and folks. So you guys started pretty early today. So it's probably like afternoon at this point, um, heading on into evening. Uh, and you're carrying on, I presume. Oh, on this road. What happens if we pick up the pace because we're getting, con- I mean, I know we were like trying to not. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, you, you can careful. hang on. Let me look at the, uh, look at the travel pace stuff. Uh, you can go, if you pick up the pace, you'll go four miles an hour instead of three. Um, and the town is currently that's fine. The count is currently just above four miles away. So you so basically would get just to the edge of town in an hour, or it'll take you like an hour and a half if you go at a normal pace. So how okay. much longer do we have until nightfall? It's several hours probably because if you guys started okay. like so you had the encounter with Strahd at sunrise right and then mm-hmm. uh, you healed yourselves up a little bit and set out right away right so you and you've had five encounters which happened once an hour so or five chances of encounters so that's you know eight to nine ten eleven twelve like one p.m. plus an hour at the camp so it's about two p.m. now uh, if you press on you'll get there by about three o'clock 
uh, if you like push for it, if you just if you just continue your pace, you'll get there between like three thirty and four thirty somewhere, depending on if you have. And what's encounter. the downside of pushing our pace? If you, uh, try you have, like have a negative five to passive wisdom, or you have disadvantage okay. on perception check. <laughs> yeah, Basically, if you happen to have an encounter, you'll be more likely to get ambushed. Yeah, no, I I think regular pace then, particularly wondrous is damage. We don't so. really, yeah, we we really don't <laughs> gain much by doing that. I mean, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's it tend it it builds up more over time. If you do it more hours in a row, you get a lot farther. But if you're doing it like just one hour, it's not as you know. Okay, yeah. I'm so. good for normal pace then. <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes sense. All right, you guys press onward. And you make it a good clip around the road. And now I need Onyx to please roll me a d20. Seven. Mm. Okay. With a seven, <laughs> the town is in sight. <clears throat> the mists from the lake always rolling in, choking the road. And... You carry onward. And in about half an hour, not quite half an hour, you reach the walls of Velaki. So, let me go find that, huh? Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you reach the walls of Velaki. So the old Svalage Road kind of meanders down into this valley. Uh, you're coming off the mountainside where the castle was and the gates and all of that. And you see um, that this valley is sort of watched over on all sides by dark and brooding mountains to the north and the south. Um, you're coming kind of from the southeast, as it were. And the woods begin to recede. There's a clearing that's been cleared and you can see a sullen berg atop a smaller hill surrounded by a wooden palisade. The thick fog that you've been used to all over Barovia presses up against this wall as though looking for a way inside, hoping to catch the town a slumber. This uh, dirt road uh, that you've been trudging along, muddy and grim, ends at a set of sturdy iron gates. You can see a pair of shadowy figures standing behind them. Planted in the ground and flanking the road outside the gates are a half dozen pikes with wolves' heads impaled on them. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, what would you like to do? The gates are, um, the gate is closed, uh, and you can see some individuals sort of moving uh, around behind the gates. Wanders is going to move right up to the gate and attempt to open it or or whatever would be whatever is there. Is, is there a bell you ring or it looks like it can be opened? Whatever. He's going to walk up to the gate. <clears throat> you there. Who are you? I'd seen you around these parts before. No, I'm not from these parts, but I bring people who need help. I need help. Mm. Well, strangers aren't to be trusted around these parts, but 
Usually we're all right with folk that come during the day. Yous can come in, but don't cause no trouble here. Can Wanderers open the gate? Um, no, but the guy will open it for you. Um, so a few moments later, the two men begin to like crank on uh, some kind of mechanism behind, and you hear this creaking chain as the uh, iron gates slowly open. Uh, Mr. DM, I apologize, but I'm going to have to step away for a moment. Okay. But basically, Wanderers would just want to get inside and be safe. Okay, very good. All right, I am going to grab you guys. And you are in the town of Velaki. Uh, you have just entered by the gate uh, to the west, or I'm sorry, to the east of the town. Um, and yeah, you can see there are there are plenty of houses. Um, and you're on sort of a main thoroughfare that appears to go through much of the town. Um, and where would you like to go? Um, uh, my first question would be is in comparison to Barovia, the village of Barovia, what's, what's the shape of the town? What's the mood? Yeah. So, uh, it is generally better. Um, the, um, the, t the, like, the stuff is not as downtrodden. Everyone is still kind of suspicious, and they do still have that sort of dour, kind of drab look of the native Barovians here. Mm -hmm. um, but in general, things are not as completely hopeless and, like, absolutely just destroyed. Right. Um, so the town look like the people look like, you know, like, it's hard and they don't like it, but that they're not just, you know... They're not like afraid to leave their house. Like you see people in the streets in the in the other town, like anyone that was on the street would just like quickly shuffle from one place to the next, not making eye contact and whatever. Uh, the folks here are in better shape. Okay, and like the buildings and stuff, not nearly as many like yeah. abandoned and right. They're up, not they're not nearly as abandoned. Um, they're not <coughs> in as dilapidated of shape. Um, they're all pretty old, uh, but this is just sort of like your classic old like Victorian looking houses, you know. Um, so, um, okay. yeah, so you've got kind of the whole town at your disposal. If you want to like ask people where you could go, uh, or any of those things, I actually, I need to see does, uh, what's the, yeah, it's like, is Mark know where we need yeah. to go? That's, that was going to be what I was going to say next. Is I have notes on this guy. No, I don't. Okay. They give me the notes in his character sheet. Ismark, where are you? There you are. Okay. Oh, I can close this. All right. Yep. Okay. Ba -ba 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 -bum. Um. Okay. So. Uh, this is just going to be in a, a history check for Ismark. He has a plus zero to this roll. It's not the hardest roll. This is probably like a DC twelve. Uh, let's let's see what he knows. Oh, Seventeen, nice. lucky. Okay, so yeah, Ismark tells you. Uh, I have um, I've looked into this obviously before making our trip. 
uh, out of character, the only bit of foresight you've known him to have so far. <laughs> uh, and he says, uh, I have heard that there is a church here that is supposed to be safe from Strahd and his spies. The, they say the holy ground is uh, protected from the devil. Do you know what deity? Uh, he says, um, to my knowledge, it is the, uh, the, what is the thing called? It's the same one as like the other church, <laughs> but I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I can't remember either. It's fine. I can look it up. It'll take me one second to get to, uh, but Cass also wasn't there for the. Um, come on. Where is the? It's like the Dawn Lord, I think they call him. Fair enough. I, for one, uh, or Ash, for one, would be very interested to see this place that is supposedly uh, protected against Strahd and his allies. Okay. Seems like a good place to start to me. Uh, Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Okay. Wanderers um, is going to follow the crowd. <clears throat> good. Yeah, so uh, you guys begin to make your way through the town. Um, let's see. There are some things that you notice along the way. Do I have? Yeah, it's just areas. Okay. Um, yeah, so as you move through the town, uh, you reach sort of your second main, there's kind of a big, uh, cul-de-sac to the south, uh, on your left. It's a, it appears to be a large stockyard with several locked sheds along the periphery, uh, that kind of lies adjacent to this roomy warehouse. Uh, and there is a wooden sign emblazoned above that says the Arasek stockyard. And then parked at the south end of the stockyard is a sturdy carnival wagon with its colorful paint peeling off. Faded letters on its side spell out the words, Rictavio's Carnival of Wonders, and a heavy padlock secures the back door. Um, and you carry on, you see, let's see. Uh, you can kind of see to the south that there is a town square. I'm actually going to put these things on the map where they're... Oh, that's not what I want. Don't move the whole map. You. Uh, you can see the town square to the south. Um, this kind of big area in the middle um, down here. Uh, with sort of shops and homes that kind of enclose the town square. You can't make a lot of detail from your current position, however. As you carry on even farther, uh, you reach sort of the main cross-section of the town. Um, and from here, you can see there is a uh, 
sort of well-to-do uh, tavern. Uh, gray smoke kind of issues from the chimney of this large two-story wooden building right kind of in the center of this main thoroughfare. Um, it has a stone foundation and sort of sagging tile roof uh, upon which several ravens have perched. There is a painted wooden sign hanging above the main entrance that depicts a blue waterfall. Um, and that is... Nope, that's not what I want. Here. Nope. Or that big uh, red building there. Um, let's see. Is this something you can see from here? Uh, no, it's not. You wouldn't really notice that. Okay. Uh, and then none of those, however, are your destination. So you carry on through the rest of the town until eventually reaching what you are after, which is this church. Um, so you can see um, this sort of slouching centuries-old stone church with a bulging steeple in the back and walls lined with cracked stained glass windows depicting pious saints. A fence of wrought iron encloses a garden of gravestones next to the church and a thin mist creeps amongst the grave. It's the morning Lord. That's who the, sorry, that's, that's the person. Okay. I found it. It's the morning Lord. Um, what would you like to do? Only one thing to do. I think let's go in and see what we can find out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, um, you enter the church and you find a, um, that it is, it is relatively quiet here. There's not a lot going on. Um, you can see a, um, a man who appears to be the father, uh, the sort of the, the priest, um, wearing kind of like a dark cassock uh, and sort of a um, religious head piece. Uh, and he is sort of directing uh, folks around the church. You see a young, um, a young altar boy um, who is helping him, who looks, you know, kind of scrawny uh, and underfed, dark circles under his eyes. Uh, and you also see an older uh, young man with dark hair uh, and sort of a furrowed brow and a scowl on his place. Uh, and he sort of pushes out past you as you enter the sort of massive wooden swinging doors of the church. Um, he sort of, he uh, has, um, he's got like a, a sort of a dirty shovel uh, and some like gardening tools. And he's like headed out into the uh, graveyard. What color are the doors to the church? Brown. Okay. They're like wood. Okay. Wood colored. Just was curious. It's uh it's like um uh it's like you know, kinda old graying wood, you know, it's very sun damaged. Um it probably used to look, you know, bright and shiny wood, but okay. now it's kind of kind of sad like old dock wood color excellent there's a reason i asked i just i just want to know okay <laughs> um okay uh i'm actually going to swap us over now to the other cam um 
so yeah, you make your way inside. The the altar boy is sort of running around and kind of cleaning some things in the church, uh, and the older father is kind of, uh, or the the priest is is arranging some things on the altar, kind of making uh, the like refilling candles, you know, and like resetting some of the things. Um, would I have any knowledge about this religion or this deity? Um, it's not widely worshipped outside of Barovia, but you can make a religion check to see what you know. <laughs> Rip. Six. Um, I mean, they call him the Morning Lord. It's probably kind of similar to the Dawn Father, who you have heard folks worship elsewhere. Uh, it, it's probably just a different name for, like, the same kind of deity. Right. Um but you don't know a lot of details about specifically what the worship of this uh, okay. person entails. No, it's fine. I kind of figured. Yeah, I mean, for for Ash, I think it would be like uh, the whole point of this was to get Ismark and Arena where they wanted to go. So, Yeah. yeah. So um, they, they probably push ahead of you guys uh, now that they're somewhere they think is safe uh, and they make their way over to the priest and start to kind of talk to him um, and you kind of overhear the conversation they're explaining their situation um, if anyone who would like to can make an insight check okay, I definitely would like to did you say perception I said insight insight thank you Jesus Ash got a 24 uh, Wander's got a 20. Uh, looks like Onyx got a 10. <laughs> yeah, Onyx, you've got a lot on your mind. Um, Cass, <laughs> you can tell that the 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 priest seems a little nervous, but Wandris and Ash, you can see that when the um that when Irina asks the priest for help and for like shelter. Uh, you can kind of see the priest like flinch a little bit and kind of blanch. Do I get the sense that like this may not be as safe as they think it is? Um, with a 24 insight. Yeah, I'm going to say that you can kind of tell that the um, the priest is like as the conversation is carrying on for a second, he's listening to their, you know, situation and you can tell he's like gearing up to give them bad news is basically what it looks like. Like that look when you like are dreading telling someone, you know, that like <clears throat> something that they're not going to want to hear. Okay. I don't want to like take the charge or anything, but I would say that Ash probably walks directly up to them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you walk directly up and you hear, uh, as the father begins to respond and he says, Oh, you are welcome to stay, my child. And, and they sort of, uh, Ismark and Arena seem very relieved at this. And you can tell that this only deepens the father's uh, displeasure at having to continue. Uh, and he says, Unfortunately, our, our walls are not as safe as I had once hoped until Wanderous recently moves forward to listen until recently this church was protected from 
the devil and his minions. And he sort of makes this kind of like uh, circular shape with his hand. And then he puts it over his heart um, when he speaks of the devil. And he says, uh, the saint Andrel, who was interred here, he, uh, he kept us safe. I could feel his presence. He made this land holy, hallowed the ground so that Strahd and his spawn could not uh, penetrate these walls, but we are all at risk, it would seem now. A few nights ago, someone broke into the crypt and stole the bones. I've been trying to find out who, but... Aside from me, the only person in this town who knew about the bones and how important they were, were, uh, it was the boy, and he nods over to the young orphan, um, altar boy. He was scared. Uh, the older children were, uh, scaring him with the ghost stories of the things that lurk outside the walls of the town, and I told him he can be at ease in this place. Because St. Anderol watches over us. About a month ago I told him this. Uh, but after the bones were stolen, I asked him if he'd tell anyone else about them. He nodded, but he would never, never tell me the name. I still have not been able to get him to... Uh, to tell me who he told... I know he didn't steal him himself, but whoever he spoke to must have taken them for some reason. I just don't know why they would want to steal away our only respite in this barren land. I... I don't know. Perhaps... Perhaps if if we can find them, this place can be made safe again, but I am I am afraid if we do not, this uh, will not be the haven you wish. Um, Ash would speak up and ask the priest, do you mind if I talk to the boy? Uh, please, go ahead. Uh, be kind to him. Is well, <laughs> life has been hard. It's hard for all of us, but uh, do not treat him roughly. Ash will nod, and uh, Ash is actually going to look over at Onyx and motion for him to follow. <coughs> um. Yeah, I I'll go ahead and follow along. Um, just shortly behind Ash. Um, Wondrous will will sink into whatever chair is the closest or, you know, pew or whatever and just uh, keep his eyes on the Ishtar and Ishmar, whoever they are. He's going to watch and you. Ismark. Yeah, Thank and you. you can see that they look worried and somewhat crestfallen. <laughs> They're kind of hushed. Talk. They sort of sit down in one of the nearby pews and start, like, kind of whispering to each other. 
Um, okay, so uh, we have, what is it, Onyx and uh, Ash are headed to speak to the young boy, Yeska, yes? Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, you find the boy who is kind of like stuck his head into like a little cabinet and is like wiping out cobwebs. Um, uh, as you approach. Okay. Um, kind of, uh, as a subconscious, like, action or whatever, I would say that Ash probably makes themselves a bit shorter. Like, not as short as, like, Onyx or whatever, but probably to, to kind of seem less threatening, probably makes themselves <clears throat> a bit shorter. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I wanted to just walk up and, uh, excuse me. Uh, this the kid sort of, like, starts and you hear, like, a thump and a yelp. Uh, and then slowly kind of crawls out and looks at the two of you and says, um, yes. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. Um, what's your name? Oh, uh, my name is Yeska. Yeska. Yeska, I'm Ash, and this is my friend Onyx. Um, we are kind of new to this area, and we were wondering if we could talk with you about. Are you? You're a funny looking kid, uh, he says to Onyx. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um <laughs> Onyx is uh at first gonna like be a little taken aback by it. <laughs> um and like he's gonna try to not show it on his face. <laughs> okay. And just sure. be like uh make a make an exception check. <laughs> God <damn. laughs> uh okay. Uh, where is uh, deception? And I have a zero to command charisma. <laughs> oh, okay. What you got? Uh, I'm gonna re-roll that. Okay, I'm gonna take <laughs> that in. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna use inspiration. That's and, funny. Uh, do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Sixteen. Good choice. All right. Beats a two. <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. Um yeah, so I guess uh he does not notice any uh any thoughts that cross your mind. Okay, cool. I'm like, well, uh I am actually um a gnome. Uh but I am very much older than a uh, child at this point in time in my life. I'm sorry, you tell me you are adult? I I am, yes. <laughs> Holy cow, they make them like this? <laughs> What's this I've never seen in my whole life. <laughs> I'm Who's, sorry, but you sound like the kid grew from this. Who is making a so tiny fun. adult? Um, <laughs> well, um, I, uh, uh, there, uh, hmm. I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be stumbling over like what to say at this point because I'm like, I don't know how to and, respond uh, to this. He looks over at you, Ash, and says, "Are you bigger, kid? Are you, are you adult? Which one are, which one are made you?" <laughs> Sorry, it's too good. Uh, um, Yesik, right? I want to make sure I'm getting this name right. Yesik, yeah, correct. Okay, Yesik. Yesik, I believe that I'm the biggest kid that they make. 
But yes, I am an adult. Which is it? Adult. You're saying sorry. confused things to Yesik. <laughs> I am sorry. I, I am an adult as well. I see. You're a pretty lady. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you like working um, here at the church? Um, well, it's really only choice I have after my parents were eaten by wolves. Ooh, I see. I'm very sorry to hear that. Do you have any siblings, Yesik? No. Was only child. I see. Um, me and my friend Onyx here uh, kind of overheard the priest talking about some bones that were um, uh, kept in the church. Do you know anything about those? Yeah, at the mention of bones, you see that uh, his face, he was sort of like cheerful and a little confused. Uh, you see him get very like kind of worried and like distrustful uh, when you bring up bones. Uh, make a persuasion check for me. Okay. That is a 15. Yeah, he uh, he sort of looks very nervous and says, uh, you, you, you promise you won't let him hit me again, no? Oh, no. We're not here to cause you any, any sort of trouble. Okay. We we're just curious on, on what you knew about the bones. I, I trust you because you are a pretty lady. <laughs> I think the ash would blush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. He says, Listen, um, we've been, we've been in Brovi for a while. I haven't heard any compliments. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he says, um, well, the other, the older Millivoish, he is, the, uh, he work here in, in the graveyard outside. Some, sometimes he hits me and he, and I, he made me tell him about the bones. I told him I had a secret the father trust me with, and then he was bullying me, and I tell him I am special. Father trust me with the secret, and then he hit me and make me tell him. This Okay, just because I didn't hear the beginning of that. It's the gardener man, correct? Yeah, who is like, he's like probably a young teenager. Okay. Um so it's not like a full adult man, but one of the um, older kids. That yeah, we one of the older kids, and the okay. and the only the only other person you've really seen here. You've seen three people here. You've seen the well, yeah. and you know the, that you didn't bring with you, right? You've seen the priest, right. uh, and then the the young guy walking out into the graveyard, and then you've seen this kid. Okay. He says, "But don't tell him I tell you." Although, wait, he probably figure out. Fuck. And then he quickly looks over at the priest who is too busy talking to Irina and is marked to notice. Because he said fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's <laughs> so good. No, we we will not we will not tell. Uh, what was his name again? I gotta make sure I pronounce it right. Hang on. Millivush. Oh God, I'll never be able to say that. <laughs> I'll okay. put it in chat. You can Millivish. 
I'm waiting to see how you how you spell this because <laughs> I'm gonna call him Millie. Okay, I will not. <laughs> I will yeah, not. It's like that little Wayne song. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh man! Um, I will a not. Millie, a Millie, a Millie, I'm... Millie, a Millie. Oh God! <laughs> Are you going to get born back? I would like to, and I think that me and my friends, and I'm going to become Ocean Onyx and Wondrous and and Kaz. Um, we're kind of new to this whole land, but we've been through a lot since we got here. And I think that getting the bones back would be a good thing to do, don't you? Yes, father has been very worried. Holy cow! You have, you have giant... Who, who big man with you? He's purple. <laughs> I think I just kind of chuckle and say, He barely fit in the doors. <laughs> that that is our friend Wondrous. Would you like to meet him? Uh, that's a great question. We're gonna make a <coughs> Constitution saving throw to see how brave this boy is. <laughs> I just love the accent so much. That's a two. He sort of when you say would you like to meet him, he just like half hides behind your leg. You know what I mean? Because he's like six years old, so he's just like looking fearfully around yeah. you at Wondrous, and he just sort of like shakes his head. That's okay. The one thing you should know is that of all the people that I've met uh, since I started my adventure, Wondrous is probably the kindest and would never hurt you in any sort of way. But That's he okay. Is, he is so big. I understand. Definitely comes off a bit intimidating. Pretty lady, I have to warn you. <laughs> in my experience, big people are not kind. I'm very sorry that that's your that's your, been your experience. But I think that we can fix your problems here. You tell me big people is kind? I've known a few big people, but again, Wondrous, out of all the big people I know, is the biggest and the kindest. So there okay. is hope for some big people. I'm still scared, but I will trust you because you are pretty lady. Excellent. I have to clean the cobwebs out of the cupboard now. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your help. And I want to see how much money I have. <laughs> because my heart is just wrapped around this kid's finger right now. I'm going to give this kid an entire gold piece. Uh, yeah, the kid's eyes piece. widen uh, massively. And he sort of like tremulously holds out his hand uh, as you place the gold piece into it. Uh and then he sort of like looks around furtively and then just like snakes it into some pocket somewhere. Says he's for me. Is for you. I don't and tell. Excellent. That sounds perfect. Don't tell father I know put it in the blit. <laughs> okay, I won't. <laughs> okay. You are nicest lady I ever meet. I have to clean the cupboard now. It was very nice to meet you. Odd-looking, child-sized adult person. It, it was nice, nice meeting you. Maybe, I think about it. Maybe when you come back, I, I am brave enough maybe to meet your friend. Okay, and he goes back into the cupboard. <laughs> I need to be so bad now. <laughs> okay. Kid. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, uh, so uh, Cass and Wandrus, were you guys over near Arena and the Priest, or what, what were you all up to? 
so I want to go up to the altar. Okay. And try to pray to my deity since, you know, this is the closest to, you know. Yeah, okay. Any kind of religion that I've had in a while. I'm going to sure. go to the altar and say a prayer to Torm. Okay. Great. Um, make a religion check. Damn. That is a six. Okay. Um, before I adjudicate that, uh, you have inspiration if you want to use it. I'm not telling yeah, you. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to burn but, that. Okay. Also, uh, somebody used inspiration. Oh, my God. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Brutal. Well, um, somebody used inspiration earlier. Was it chat inspiration or regular? Uh, I used chat inspiration. Okay. Uh, so yeah. let's just show of hands yeah. real quick. Uh, who all has chat inspiration left? I do. I, I do currently have chat inspiration. Okay. So bonus mom and VP have chat inspiration. Uh, Ozzy and Omega do not. <laughs> So just to keep track of that. Uh, yeah. So you just, um, and this is the first time you've really tried this, I think, right? It happened several times to, uh, to Thorin. To Thorin. Yeah. Uh, okay. Jay Gwyn, uh, is giving Ozzy inspiration. So, um, happened several times to Thorin, but this is the first time you've tried this. You've probably felt a little distant this whole time, but this is the first time that you feel like there's just, some connection that's not really happening, right? It's like you still get your powers from your oath and everything, you know, you still have that connection, but it's just, it's, there's some kind of barrier here. I don't know. It doesn't feel good. Um, All right. And Wandris, uh, you were going over towards Arena and Ismark and the priest, yes? I was, and uh, yes, and if the priest is still around, Wanderous, having just walked through the town and getting an idea of the size of it, might just try a little general conversation to find out if okay. the priest had looked outside places outside of the church. Any idea if the, if he had mobilized anybody or if he had looked anywhere else yeah. in the town or if he felt the presence of the bones, even like an gotcha. idea of which direction they might have gone. Yeah. Okay. So real quick, uh, Banana Hannah, thank you for giving uh, inspiration to Omega. And then, yeah, so you uh, go up to talk to Irina and Ismark and the priest. Uh, Irina and Ismark are worriedly sort of conversing. Uh, you can tell they're kind of trying to decide, like, oh, well, um, you know, Ismark is saying, uh, oh, well, Irina, we heard maybe the Abbey of St. Markovia to further to the west might also be a safer place. It's certainly further from Strahd, but it's another... We'd have to spend the night somewhere in town. And if we don't know this place is safe, we don't know what that will entail. Um, but, I mean, we could probably reach it tomorrow if we go ahead and leave. Or, I don't know, they, they say they might find the bones. I'm not sure. You know, and they just are, like, are kind of talking about what to do. And they're uh, very dealing with this sort of, like, sudden change of this place not being safe, which they thought it would be. Uh, and you go up and question the priest and ask him uh, those things. And he says, uh, <coughs> well, um, all right. So I, I don't tell many people about the bonds because the more people know, uh, the more people understand what it is that makes the church safe. And then if 
if people turn out to be Strahd's spies or something, uh, his spawn and himself are prevented from coming in here, but he has human servants, and so I try to keep it very close. I was, as I said, the only one who knew until a month ago, and foolishly trying to comfort a scared child, I tell him of this, and apparently you say us all. that the bones made you feel safe and you felt their presence. Did that change when they were gone? And have you even walked around this town to see if you felt anything anywhere else? I do not leave the church often, but uh, I have not felt anything in the town while I was... Sometimes I travel to the town square for ceremonies and things of this nature. In fact, there is there is festival coming up in a couple of days. I don't want to... Festival? Yes. In this god-awful place, they have festivals? Yes, the... Uh, uh, the burgomaster here, well, he he holds festival every couple of weeks. He thinks if uh, if we are happy here, that maybe Strahd cannot come. I don't know if this is true. So, and the burgomaster did not know of these bones. No, and I don't want to tell him because. Losing the safety of the church is uh, not good. It if might ruin the festival of the blazing sun. The festival of the blazing sun. Does the sun ever blaze here? Uh, do not tell, but uh, only in the mind of the burgomaster uh, could it be said to blaze. Uh, I'm, I see. If we were to look for your bones, how would we know if we found them? Are they marked in any way? Were they in anything that was taken, or it was just an armful of bones that disappeared? Oh, well, I do not, they were, they were in a, they were interred in a coffin, uh, in a sepulcher beneath the church, um, but, uh, I, I, so I don't know what method whoever took them used, they may have put them in a box or a sack or, it's probably too many bones to hold in your arms, so. Probably some sort of container was employed. I see. And Wanders just casts an eye over to where uh, the uh, the his other friends have gone to talk to the little boy in the closet. <clears throat> we must rest and we must have food. Is there a place that is a little bit safe that we could stay? Is there an inn? Um, that 
There, yes, there is an inn here in town. Uh, the Blue Water Inn is just back up the road to the east. Um, I don't, I don't, without the bones, uh, I don't know that any place is safe here, truly, but uh, it's not that they have guests disappear every other night or anything, you know? Before we do anything, we must rest. Uh, I will talk to Ash and Onyx and see what they know. Um. And we will see what we can see. Okay. You know this place is damned, this whole place. It's horrible. And Wanderous turns away and goes over to um, Ishmark and says, there's an inn. We can rest. I don't know what you want to do. I don't know what to do. And that's all he has to say about that. Okay. All right, friends. Uh, what would you like to do? Well, I'd like to talk to the priest real quick. Okay. Yeah, go for it. So I can't feel any connection to my deity that I serve while I'm here. Can you tell me why? Um, yeah, he says. Hang on. He says, uh, well, this land is cursed. No. In longer than any remember no uh, gods have spoken here there is scant holiness to be found the bones here in the church were one of the few things that uh, seemed to have any divine effect at all but we don't know why they, they say we are cursed for the sins of fathers long past. I don't know what to believe. So how do you do it, though? How do you run this church in such a godless place? Well, I have these hands. And every day... I try to put them to work a little bit to make the things I touch a little better. Doesn't always work, though. But I keep trying. I keep trying as well. Well, I will pray that you find more success than me. And I'll pray that you find success, too. And that you find the bones. Yes, that would... Uh, <laughs> that would be... <sighs> a much-needed success. Okay. 
And uh, yeah, so you've spoken to the priest. You've spoken to the one boy. There is another boy that you is out in the graveyard currently. Uh, and then you also know that there is an inn in town uh, just up the road. What would you like to do? <clears throat> Wanderous thinks of something and he's going to ask the priest confidentially okay. if he will show him where the bones were interred before they leave. That is a great question. Stand by. He, uh, he says they were sealed in a crypt beneath the altar itself, but, uh, someone broke in and by prying up the floorboards nearby. And yes. have you replaced the floorboards? Yes, we have. Show me where. Sure, yeah, he leads you over to kind of a corner of the front of the church near the altar. Okay, Wanderous is going to spend a couple of moments there just in quiet concentration. He doesn't do anything or whatever. <laughs> he just stands there a bit and eventually nods his head and he's going to move um, towards Ash and Onyx and make an attempt to gather everybody up, even beckon and say, there's an inn, the Blue Water Inn. We should go and get food and rest and talk. Okay. So you guys want to go to the tavern? Um, before we take off and do that, if we're away from like everybody else, like if it's just the party speaking, is that is that a thing that can be? Yeah, happening? sure. You can find like a quiet corner of the church where no one will bother you. Okay. Um, before we leave, the the boy he told me who made him tell him, them about the bones, and I would like to question them before I leave personally. Um, you guys don't have to stay, but my mind won't rest until I, I go and and talk to the to the other boy. Was the little boy tricked? The the older boy that we bumped into on the way in um, bullied him into telling him about the bones and, and was hitting him and what abusing him. Yep. What is this bullying? Um, it's kind of like when people who are uh, they feel like they're better than other people. They look down on them, and they treat them uh, not great. And sometimes that's with words, and sometimes that's with violence. He hit the little boy? That is what the little boy said, yes. I want to talk to him, too. I was going to ask Wonders to come along anyway, so this is... <laughs> For example, for me. <laughs> sure. So, uh, yeah, who all is going to talk to uh, Milivush? Um, I'll probably join as well. Um, okay. Just because I kind of already know um, the, uh, the smaller boys' uh, like story and stuff. So, okay. I think I'll hang with Wanderous.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, yeah, so you all make your way outside and you find the uh you find the older boy he is sort of like trimming some of the sad droopy misshapen hedges that sort of dot the graveyard uh even though it's sort of um misty and cool um it is a little warm and humid this afternoon uh just as the little bit of sun that shines through the clouds heats things up and uh with the physical labor he sort of is like sweating uh he has dark hair and blue eyes and sort of um constantly has this kind of scowl on his face uh and he is um you know cutting the the hedges he's wearing like sort of a white kind of like peasant's shirt and these sort of um uh rough cloth pants um wondrous is going to follow ash since Ash had the conversation and the information, um, but but this is a time when Wanderers will look very serious and will be holding his um, quarterstaff and readying it, but he doesn't do anything to it yet. Excellent. Um, yeah, I want to walk up and same spill. Excuse me. Um, hello? How can I help you? Um, you forgot to pronounce the name for me. I'm going to attempt it this time. Millie, I can't, I have no idea how to even attempt it, man. (laughs) (laughs) No idea. Uh, Millivash. Millivash. You're Millivash, yes? Who wants to know? Um, me. Who is Ash? And these are my companions, Onyx, Cass, and Wondrous. And I think Ash is going to pause dramatically when when kind of introducing Wondrous. Yeah, he looks up at Wondrous, who is towering, uh, towering above. Ash, did you resume your normal height uh, yes. for your femme present? Okay, so you are—I don't know how tall, but about as tall as this kid, probably, right? Probably. Um. Yeah, and so he stares up at uh, at Wondrous. Uh, whilst holding his shovel. Wanderous moves his feet apart a bit and takes a stand and has a hold of his quarterstaff. We were wondering if we could speak to you um, about some bones that we've heard tell about. Okay. Make a deception check. We're looking at a 24. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. Uh, So he seems very intimidated by Wondrous, uh, but he looks at you and said, he kind of narrows his eyes, did Yeska tell you? 
Who's Yeska? The kid. No, I know that was in character. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Who indeed? Um, we've heard there's been a set of bones that have went missing from the church. Do you know anything about that? Um, and before you answer, um, I would just like to tell you a little bit about our party, uh, in particular, Wondrous. Um, Wondrous really doesn't like liars. Okay, make an intimidation check. <laughs> and, and, uh, and Wanderous, with those words, cast Shillelagh on his quarterstaff, which actually changes the look of the quarterstaff. And it would have done that in battle, but in the frantic part of the battle, uh, I don't think you know those straw men notice. But I think that Emilijolf would notice that it began to glow and it turned purple. Sure. Okay. And because Wanderous is extremely concerned in what's going on, there is some there's some radiance that emanates off of the shillelagh as okay. he stands there with it. And Wanderous would lean forward a bit. Sure. Towards Millie. Yeah, you can make your uh, intimidation check with advantage. Uh, Ash. Thank you. <laughs> that was hoping that was what's gonna happen. Uh, 19 or 14, 19 um, yeah, you see uh Milovage uh looks like dart darts around. He's looking for an escape, but realizes that there's no way he can get away from all of you. And he says, uh Alright, fine. Yeska told me about the bones. I told the local coffin maker. Henrik. He asked me to steal them and gave me money. I bought food for my younger siblings. Did this coffin maker ex express any of his intent with what he want? Like, what did he want with the bones? Do you? Did he say anything? Uh, he did not say. I did not ask this. Mm -mm. I'm gonna roll insight. Okay. On that. Sure, yeah. 15. Uh, yeah, this kid is uh, very frightened <laughs> and is uh, is telling the truth in the hopes that uh, Wandrus will not kill him. <laughs> very wise. <laughs> um, when when Wanderous... Oh, were you not done? I'm sorry. No, um, go ahead, please. When Wanderous hears him say his siblings... Wanderous reaches out and takes a hold of this young man by his shirt. And Wanderous stands up, which means that the young man will suddenly find his feet not on the ground, right? Sure. And Wanderous just holds him. He'll take he'll he'll take that hand and, and he just holds him in front of him and he says, Tell me about your siblings. Uh um, I have younger brothers and sisters. How many? Five. Damn. <laughs> Do you hit them? No. I can't hear you. No. Okay, uh, Wanderous wants to do whatever that is to check to see if he's lying. Sure, that's an insight check. 
Insight? Yeah. Oh, crap. Um, okay, Wanders is gonna, he's gonna, he doesn't have any idea if this guy's telling him the truth or not. He, 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 I rolled no. a six, okay? No. And I'm not gonna re-roll it. Okay. So Wanders is holding a hold of him and he says, what would you do if somebody hit your youngest sibling? Probably try to kill. Is that what I should do to you? You hit that little boy. You're going to kill me. Who's going to kill you? Please feed my family. Wanderers sets him down on the ground. He collapses to his knees. Into a, probably a wet puddle. Yeah. Looks down at him and says, I don't kill people who are littler than me and cannot defend themselves. You made a mistake. You hurt someone littler than you. And for that... According to your ways, you should die. So what are you going to do to see that it never happens again? Uh. He faints. <laughs> Wanderous looks at Ash and says so are we done here now just about a little overboard buddy but I think he gets the point it is um, not good to hit people that are littler than you are I agree um, if the boy if what the boy says is true he's trying to feed his family that does not excuse him hitting the kid um, he must not do it again. I agree. Um, but sometimes we do things that we normally wouldn't do when we are fighting for the survival of our loved ones. But I, I do not. I am not. Um, Ash, uh, I have never had a loved one. I don't know what that's like. I know you can't hit someone littler than you. Maybe I'll learn about loved ones. Nash I went too far? You think I went too far? Okay, next time, not so far. He got the point, and I think that that's what, what's important. Hopefully he will not uh, be bothering Yesik again. <laughs> um... Ash is going to, while it's kind of talking, the wonders and stuff is going to pull out. Um, kind of give me an idea, because I'm sure Ash would know, but I don't. Like, when, when we're talking about gold pieces, all right, uh -huh. like, what what would feed a family of his size? Like, what's it take? And, like, let's, however you want to break that down. Sure. So you have not yet tried to buy anything in Barovia. So your okay. only frame of reference is outside of Barovia. Okay. 
Um, but for example, let's go. Uh, we did at... stop at that tavern and we bought drinks. I don't know if we ever got food. Oh yeah, I, mean, I think Ismark uh, bought them for you. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Um, yeah. So hang on, let me look at <clears throat> this thing. I will find out for you in just one second. Yeah. Because there are answers to these questions. And of course, I 100% know what all of them are all the time. I love that about you. Yeah, I'm so good. (laughs) Okay. uh, Okay. One second. Okay, so outside of Barovia, I guess he would have quoted you the price and then Ismark said he would would pay. So outside Mm -hmm. of Barovia, um, a cup a pitcher of yeah a pitcher of wine is two silver pieces it, uh the price that you were quoted in the bar was uh two gold pieces so it was like 10 times the price uh so if you're like doing some quick math um a like modest meal for like uh one single person um Outside of Barovia would be like three silver pieces. So here it's like three gold pieces. If like you're looking at a poor meal, uh, which would be six copper. So that's probably more like six silver. Everything is like 10 times as expensive. Okay. Ish. Or at least the stuff was in that one bar. You don't know necessarily what everything is like. But Yeah. Totally fair. Oh, okay. Well, this kid has a lot of mouths to feed. So, um, Real quick, just so I know, I don't know how long it'll take for this kid to wake up. Does any sort of like stimulation rouse him at all, or is he just? Uh, you can make a medicine check if you want to try to wake him up. Okay. <clears throat> well, and, and Wanderous is thinking over what you told him and pondering the situation. If you uh, if you start to do a medicine check, Wanderous is going to kind of stay there with you. Okay, seven. I will burn chat inspiration if that doesn't do it, though. Okay, sure. Seven's not going to do it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fucking seven. Again. Okay. Bro, that shit happened in the mirror. Wondrous size reaches past you and picks the lad up, okay? okay? And he's going to carry him back into the church, and he's going to take him up in the direction of the priest and say... I talked to him too strongly. I wanted him to never hit anybody again. But I pushed him too hard. He knows about this. And he said that the coffin maker gave him money. And and Wanders is holding this young man. The coffin maker gave him money for the bones. Where do we find the coffin maker? Um, yeah, the priest looks extremely intimidated. <laughs> um, please, please don't pass out, priest. <laughs> Stand by. The priest passes out. Oh my god! Oh, no. 
<laughs> you can't give me ideas. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so the priest sort of faints in the, in the floor of the front of the church. Um, Wanders wails, which uh, is kind of interesting, you know, for this big guy with the big voice to say, Ash, come here, please. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Cass. Is there any way you can see to these two poor souls? <laughs> and I think that Ash would be laughing because this is probably oh. the most hysterical thing that has happened. It's okay, time. so I have no healing left. Oh, well, I, I, I thought that maybe your medicine check would be better than mine. Is kind of um, yeah, I, like I, yeah. I mean, I can see what I can do. Well, I've got cure wounds and I have two spells. Is this something cure wounds would even 16. work? On? Okay. Yeah, with a 16, uh, which one are you trying to raise <laughs> to consciousness, Cass? The priest or the boy? I go with the priest because at a minimum, the priest can help the boy out. Okay. Yeah. So you sort of like uh, gently sort of tap the priest's face until he sort of rouses. <sighs> hey, man, you good? You good? <sighs> Your friend is very big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's a big dude. Trust me, I know. I'm short too. Yeah, he come in the church holding that thing like dead body. It freaked me out. <laughs> no, he, he he's friendly. Don't worry. Uh, by this time, oh, something's happened to my computer now. Oh, uh, is your yeah? I think I just in? lagged. I'm back now. Okay. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, by this time, Wanderers is actually holding this lad pretty much the way he was holding Onyx, except I'm guessing the lad is bigger, right? Yeah, He's kind of got him nestled against his chest and probably even rocking him a little bit, trying to do something to like gently wake this <laughs> kid up. Uh, and he wailed for somebody else to come take care of the priest. So I guess that I want to know if Wanderers' loving attention to this brat brings him back to consciousness. Uh, sure, Wanderers make a medicine check. Okay. <laughs> I'll roll a constitution check. I pass out. Well, <laughs> yeah, he, he sort of groggily out. comes awake uh, and then realizes what his predicament is and just sort of like <laughs> freaks out and stiffens up and just like holds onto your shirt. Sort of like a cat that's like trying not to get dropped. In like the gentlest voice that Wanderers can think of, he says, it's all right. <laughs> I'm not going to hurt you. You are a very confusing person. It's all right. Please, if I set you down, can you stand up? I'm going to be very honest with you right now. Probably not. No. Wanderous sighs and carries this kid over oh. towards the cabinet where the other kid is. Uh, okay. If, if Ash does Ash see this real quick, uh, sure. I mean, it's hard to miss. <laughs> okay, I need to. I need to go with Wondrous on this for the love of God. <laughs> All right, poor kid's gonna pass out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So you approach uh, the kid in the cabinet. Uh, well, who... I'm gonna approach. I'm gonna approach the cabinet, but okay. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna try to be seen or anything. I'm heading in that direction. Okay, we're going to see and what this kid notices. Okay, this kid <laughs> is real distra- He's just like zoned in on this cabinet situation uh, <laughs> and is re- cleaning every nook and cranny of this thing and apparently has not noticed 
the priest fainting and being revived <laughs> or Wanderers coming in. He's just like all up in the cabinet business right now. Okay. So Wanderers, who's learned a lot now in the last few minutes. <laughs> Wanderers is going to, like, if there's anywhere close by, he can sit down. If not, he'll just sit down on the floor. There are some pews say, nearby, yeah. Yeah. So he kind of sits down in the in a pew, and, and he puts that the other lad in the pew beside him and, and, and kind of tentatively pats him on the head. <laughs> yeah, and I think the kid just, Gently. like, slumps there. Just sort of like, <laughs> just and then in what Wondrous imagines is a sing-songy, sweet little voice. <laughs> oh God, he's gonna say, um, "Hello." <laughs> okay. Uh, and he might clear his throat a time or two. <laughs> oh God! Please no! Please don't! Oh no! Okay. <laughs> The young boy, <laughs> the young boy, sort of starts and bangs his head on the inside oh, no. of the cabinet, and then like <clears throat> turns around and sees Wandrus and just like falls kind of flat on his ass, just like staring up at you, like clearly just absolutely terrified. <laughs> Wanderous is gonna say. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna run up to Yesik. <laughs> yeah, Yesik just like fully tries to hide behind your leg. Just like. <laughs> it's okay. I think that Wondrous and uh, uh, Mil- Millie has something to say to you. You can, you can stand right here, though. Okay. <sighs> Wondrous will attempt to smile and say I will never hit you or hurt you and he won't either I talk to him okay does he have brothers and sisters yes He wanted to help his family because they are his loved ones. But okay. He shouldn't have hurt you. Well, uh, uh, okay. He just gets very mad sometimes. If he hurts you, tell the priest. And or if he's here, or she's here, tell Ash, and Ash will tell me, and I'll talk to him again. Pretty lady, can I tell you a secret? Absolutely. I think the priest is afraid of Milivash. Yeah, I think Ash would probably get down on one knee for that. Why do you say that? Uh, he's, he seems to not like to uh, argue with him and he hides from him when he is mad. 
I try to hide too. Can I take a closer look at... Uh, I'm going to keep calling him Millie, 100%. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, what are you trying to what it, it with what aim in mind? So, I don't know if this is too meta game. So, if, if if it is, please stop me. Sure. But like, can I check out his neck specifically? Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. Make a medicine check. Okay. Or no, for you, you're like a monster. They use your investigation. Oh, okay. Just just change the mod. That the you can keep the what is that a ten? But just just add change your mod to whatever your investigation mod is. Uh, which would be... I think you probably have like expertise in it, right? My intelligence is plus three, so it'd be about the same. Okay. Well, but you're probably proficient in... Oh, I, no, your investigation, I think, is like, like seven or eight. Yeah, Because yeah, you probably have expertise, expertise in that, right? I imagine so. Where do I, where do I see that at? It's in your skills on list. On your skill list. Under your okay. saves. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's going to be... It is yeah, it's a plus seven. seven. Okay, so that okay, is a 17. Yeah, you look very closely. You do not see any uh, wounds on his neck, head, you know, whatever visible skin that you can kind of get a glance at. I'm extremely troubled. Uh, and he's still just like sitting there, like, just obviously terrified. Whenever Millie is mad, does anything change about about him, Jessic? Um, like how he looks, or can he do stuff that he normally can't? That's a, that's a great question. <clears throat> Stand by. This has turned into an entire soap opera. <laughs> Uh, he says um, you see this like uncharacteristic kind of like wisdom beyond his years sort of come into this kid's face and I think as he says what he says I think it kind of makes you a little sad that this kid has had to be perceptive enough of the world around him to pick up on something like this but Mm -hmm. he says pretty lady I think I think he is a very unhappy person. I think sometimes he takes it out on whoever he can get away with. I think you're right. I don't think he likes being here, but then again, none of us really like being here, yeah? If I could go somewhere else, I would learn to fly like a dragon. Shush. Oh, God. You're far away from here. Maybe somewhere the sunshine. Man, this is sad. Well, I think to Barovia. <laughs> I think Ash would probably put his hand out or their hand out and put it kind of like on, on his shoulder. Sometimes we got to make our own sunshine. But I will make you a promise today, Yesik. The sun will shine again here. I don't know when it'll be, but it will shine again, and you'll get you'll get to see the sun. Can I tell you a secret? I love your secrets, Jessic. Our face is like sunshine. 
Okay, bye. Oh. And he uh, he sort of like seems embarrassed for having said that uh, and rushes off to some other part of the church. Vince, you got a crush, man. That was too much. <laughs> okay. <sighs> what, you thought the only way I could hurt you was with the monsters? <laughs> 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 oh lord <laughs> okay I'm fine so um, uh, yeah the kid kind of runs off uh, the priest is sort of dazedly sitting on the floor by the altar uh, and uh, Milovaj is sort of <laughs> terrifiedly sitting in the pew next to uh, next to Wandress just sort of saying like I'm sorry I'll never touch anyone again. I will never touch another human being so long as I live. So help me, Morning Lord. <laughs> I think I think Wanderers is finally pretty much satisfied with that, and and he's he's actually feeling pretty good about things. And so <clears throat> he's scared. You know, he's scared that kid and maybe never going to hit anybody else again. And. And the other, the little kid ran away from Ash too. That he would feel very good about that. (laughs) 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 So Wondrous is is feeling pretty good. He probably gets Uh, up and kind of heads for the back of the church in place of maybe we can now go to the inn. Okay. Uh, Does anybody else have anything they would like to uh, to add to this little tableau before we sort of close on this scene and move to something else? I really don't um, want not to think I'm good. I think the only thing that I would add is um, as we're exiting the church, um, I'm going to try to pull Ash aside as like we're going to keep walking. But um, I'm just uh, going to be like, hey, um, I, and I know this is probably not the best time to talk about this, but I have... I, I I would like to learn how to use a sword, <laughs> um, if possible. Um, I feel like Ash is probably a little taken aback by that, and just kind of says, "Use a sword? Did you see what you did to those <laughs> scarecrows in the woods earlier today?" I mean, yes, but I also don't want to be completely useless, and if I don't have any more spells, I can use. And I, I, I want to make sure that I can try to uh, protect myself and possibly protect you guys if I can. Gosh, I can't say no to that. I would be happy to teach you what I know. Okay, I, 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 I really, I really appreciate that, and uh, I, I will, uh, I'll, I'll try my best. <laughs> We're in this together, so any any help I can be to, be to you is, I'd, I'd be more than happy to help any way that I can. And we're gonna find him. I don't know what um, the the fortune teller lady said to you, and I'm not sure if she was able to help much. And I don't want to press you for any information that you don't want to give up freely. However, um, we can accomplish more than one thing here. Uh, I believe that we can. And as the uh, 
non-diegetic orchestral music sort of like swells to a faint hopeful tone which fades out to just the slightest hint of a melancholy violin that just sort of trails tremulously off as the scene fades uh we exit the church as you guys make your way onto the uh street of malaki uh, where are you headed Oh, also, all of you take inspiration for that. That was lovely. What a little nice. take some DM inspiration for all. Hell of yeah, that it's business. about time you give us something. <laughs> hey, listen, all you have to do is just like some of the best role playing we've done all season, and then I'll hit you right up. I had to knock out two people and cause <laughs> emotional damage for generations to get a lousy inspiration, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'm not sure who's more emotionally damaged, Millie or me. <laughs> Fine. Right. Um, so did we get did we get a read on where this coffin dude is at? Um, I don't know. Oh yeah, that's him. right. You somebody yeah. asked the priest um yeah. and he had passed out. He I will did. tell you that the coffin maker can be found uh on the um I think he can be found near the town square on one of the side roads. He gives you directions. Okay. I'll just put it on the map. Yeah, that's fine. Um, it's N6. Okay. Uh, one of these houses over there in that um, kind of st street over here, basically. Well, we're moving in towards evening, fi evening finally now, aren't we? After I would think so, afternoon. yeah. I mean, it took you a little while to do all of that business, so. Well, Andres would be looking for the Blue Water Inn. Yeah, if yeah. we if we have a read on where the the we can find the coffin maker, I don't see a reason that we can't rest for now. And okay. mm -hmm. yeah, he tells yeah. you just the general location because he knows. Obviously, the priest knows where shit is is in this town. Uh, and then you guys make your way to the Blue Water Inn, and I think you might be somewhat surprised to notice that uh, after striving so hard to get to the church. Uh, Irina and Ismark kind of like follow you to the inn. <laughs> yeah, that is surprising. So. I'm on the walk if if we notice that they're with us. Um, I guess I would like to, I don't know if I want to like fill them in on the entire situation, but kind of like give them a sense of, I, I have the sense that I think that we're looking for these bones, right? Like I don't yeah. want to get ahead of myself here, right? Yeah. Party? Yes? No? Yeah. Well, yeah. Wanda do you guys want to talk hoping. to him about it? Because you heard them talking about like their different options, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and we can we can kind of just real quick because uh, we don't have a ton of time left. Uh, we can sort of talk about those in a meta sense. Your two options, uh, three options are this. Option one: abandon Arena, Arena, and Ismark and go do whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> they are adults; they could theoretically fend for themselves uh, to whatever consequences might entail. Option two is abandon Velaki and the bone situation, uh, leaving the church and everyone in it and the town possibly vulnerable to Strahd. Although, you know, the question of is the church really safe? Did the bones really work? All of that is a question mark. You guys haven't seen or touched these things and you don't know if they're effective or if the people here just believe that. Um, but, you know, the priest seemed earnest about it. It was I don't think you needed an insight to check to tell he wasn't like lying to you. Yeah. Um, that is an option. Uh, the, uh, if you go with like that option to say like, okay, we want to keep arena safe. Cause Strahd obviously wants to like get at her. Uh, hopefully we can be safe in town for one night. And then, um, you could go, uh, to 
The other place somebody said might be safe was the Abbey of St. Markovia in Kretsk, which is probably about as far from where you are now as uh, Barovia to here. Barovia was to there. Okay. Where's my... <coughs> That's weird. Um, it's further like... to the west. So it's like on the, uh, the basically <clears throat> the other border of Barovia all the way across the valley from where you first came in. Um, um, in the sense of like kind of shaving off some time, we could we can talk in character about this, or if you guys just want to kind of hash it out here, I'm cool with that. I think hash it out here. But like, my thought process is, I, I vote Bones um, for a couple reasons. Uh, first off, character choices. It seems like the kind of thing that I think Ash would do. But on top of that, you know, it kind of would help with the 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 promise of keeping Arena away from Strahd, right? It yeah, because be I mean, if we honest, like, if, like if we found the bones and they worked, yeah. then we could just, in theory, leave Arena and Ismark at the church while we continue on. Well, I think the the thing that Wanders would want to accomplish is he was gonna he would tell everybody what the priest told him, which is this thing about the Burgermeister and the carnival, just because uh -huh. you know, put everybody in the loop. And and Wanders would have questions about that because it would all be very foreign to him. Uh, and he probably would be interested in checking into the bones uh and keeping the people safe. But we have been running around kind of, yeah, I mean, we haven't been running. We've been moving around with that, you know, like bouncing from one thing to another. And I think that Wanderers would want to talk about everything, get things explained to himself, and then try to suggest that we make a cohesive plan about what are we going to do in this place? It's time to talk about, like, yeah, what should we do? And then he'll go along with whatever the group wants to do because he's clueless. <clears throat> Any thoughts, uh, Omega? Yeah, I mean, I I'm pretty much here just to, um, I guess, find my uh, mentor and stuff. But kind of like after all of the like shit we've been through, um, I would think that um, I would just kind of keep close to Ash for the most part. Um, so I would probably just do what Ash is probably going to do. Cause at some point, like I will find information on my mentor, but at this present moment, I also asked him to teach me about uh, like the art of the sword. So I figure probably sticking with him is going to be my best option. So. Okay. Well, there was a couple things that the fortune teller lady said that I didn't even think to ask about at the church. But like, obviously, leaving this town completely unprotected is just way out of my comfort zone. Um, ashes. We'll, we'll do ash. Let's not say VP because obviously I have a hero complex. But like, um, there's a, there, maybe we could get some information about what the fortune teller lady said too. You know what I mean? It's just where I'm at. I didn't, I didn't want to like. I didn't want to take charge of this. Sorry, Pixel. I just I no, in the sense hey, of trying listen, to save time. I, no, this is good. I'm glad we're having. There's, there's, <clears> yeah, I mean, you, I'm totally down for you guys to have a frank, out of character discussion about like what is going on and what you want to do. I'm, well, there's. I'm honestly, I'm looking at parts of the adventure that might come up while you guys are doing this. So, 
Okay. There there are reasons why Wanderers got sent out from his tribe, and this is building. What's happening right now is building towards, it's about time for Wanderers to tell you all one of the reasons of things that he's looking for that ties into what we're talking about if we go looking for the bones. But that's probably something I would want to play through rather than meta chat about. Yeah, absolutely. But do you know what I'm talking about, Pixel? Yes, I think so. And so... I just want to make sure that I wasn't about to like let my out of character hero complex like com you know come against what you guys want to do as your characters. I just wanted to double check about that. Well, I mean, Cass is a paladin, so she helps people. Okay. All right. I was just I was just curious. If you guys want to talk to Ismark and Irina for sure. Yeah. First thing I want to do is rest and and redo my spells. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> I need that too. I want a long rest. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, you guys are making your way to the inn. Um, I think if you if we can hand wave the conversation with uh, Ismark and Arena. Uh, if you guys think that you want to try and find the bones, uh, they support that concept. Um, and, uh, I think they probably would tell you that their plan is to stay at the church during the day, um, just for the hopes of any safety that it might still bring, um, while you guys look for the bones, um, rather than have her charge into, you know, possible danger uh, now that they're here. Um, but yeah, you, so you guys, uh, you guys make your way to the blue water Inn. Uh, so you see gray smoke sort of puffing out of the chimney of this large two story wooden building. Uh, as we said before, stone foundation, sagging tile roof upon which several ravens have perched and a painted wooden sign hanging above the main entrance depicts a blue waterfall. Uh, and. Okay. Uh, can you guys all see at this point? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know that the map is like super crucial exactly, but yeah, so you sort of approach, you see this wooden building. There's a double door up some, up some sort of old wooden steps uh, that apparently leads into the front of this place. There's like a, uh, these gray things or fence posts uh, kind of around it. Uh, Do you go in? Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. Uh, I'm going to just eat that. I guess we're going to just delete all these windows you can see in the windows. Okay. Uh, yeah, you guys are welcome to kind of move your characters as you wish here. The inside of the tavern. Whereupon you see. I'm just going to leave these guys like here. Um, so you. Uh, make your way. You see kind of like damp cloaks hanging in the entrance sort of portico. Uh, this tavern is packed with tables and chairs. There are kind of some narrow paths meandering between in this sort of low lit smoky tavern. Uh, there's a bar stretching along one wall um, to the east, sorry, to the west under a balcony uh, that you can apparently see could be reached by a set of stairs to the north. <clears throat> Um, and then another balcony overhangs the entrance, uh, that is to the east kind of behind you. Um, all the windows are fitted with thick shutters and crossbow bars, but in, as it is daytime, they are currently hanging open. Um, 
And lanterns hang above the bar, rest on the tables, and sort of bathe the room in this kind of dull orange light, casting long shadows upon the wall, most of which, uh, speaking of the walls, are adorned with wolf heads mounted on wooden plaques. Uh, you can see a number of patrons in the bar. Are all these people on the GM layer? They are. Holy cow. <clears throat> okay. I see somebody behind the bar. That's it. Yeah. Well, guess what? There's a bunch of people in here. Holy shit. So the place is bustling. Um, oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, you can see some folks who look like scouts um, up to the kind of north a little bit. Uh, you can see some some sort of uh, brash, drunken noblemen at one of the central tables who are sort of like, uh, you know, talking loudly and kind of ribbing each other. Um, it's not quite as bright a an environment as the Vistani camp, um, but... It is certainly more cheer cheerful than anything you encountered in the town of Barovia. Um, and you see the woman behind the bar. Um, she is a um, she's sort of a middle-aged woman. She has kind of black hair uh, and um, that has this like gray streak running through it. She appears to have some dark feathers kind of tied up in this ornate bun uh, at her back. And she's wearing like reasonably fine clothes. Um, not like the fanciest nobleman's clothes or any noble person's clothes you've ever seen, but she's wearing this kind of like um, stitched dress with several ornaments kind of on it. Um, I think I actually might have a picture of her to show everyone. Where are they? The Mardikov family. Bloop. Bloop. Okay, so you see the woman in the middle of the photo um, is behind the bar. Uh, and she sees you all as you come in. Um, and I guess I'm going to pop back onto the RP page for now. And uh, what would you like to say to the barkeep? <coughs> oh, there's one more guy at the bar. I forgot this guy. All right. Well, just having scared two people literally almost to death, Wanderers isn't going to say anything. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so it looks like Cass has walked right up to the bar. Yeah. Uh, so she sort of leans over the bar and looks down at you and says, um, "Oh, um, hello there. What uh, what can we do for you?" What time of day is it? Like afternoon? Yeah, so it you guys got to town at about 2. It probably took you a little time to walk across town. I'm going to say it's maybe 4.35 o'clock, so like the, the dinner hour is really just rush, just getting started. Uh, between the All walking right. across town, knocking two people unconscious, having a bunch of conversations, it's probably early evening by now. Okay. Um, I'll take whatever you have for dinner and uh, large, like the largest container of L you have. Okay. Yeah, um, please tell me that they gave me a... Um, apparently not, but actually, no, apparently not, because I, I don't have gold for some reason. Okay, your background would give you some amount of gold. What is your background choice? 
so you know it's like in the top thing of your uh oh haunted one so no well uh, so that was like a curse of strahd one yeah well the haunted one gives you some hang on uh okay i don't think i've spent anything i got you it'll be fine uh you oh it, you start the you start the haunted one with one silver piece oh brutal absolutely brutal oh. um oh then i'll have nothing i'll have a, i'll have one of my rations <clears throat> and some water i'll uh did they not tell me how much this stuff costs uh <laughs> a cheap wine would, or a would i like wine? overhear that okay I gotta get the player's handbook. This is like I, I, I really anyway. It's fine. Da, 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 da. Equipment expenses. Okay. Um. Yeah. I think. I think she says. Uh, let's see. And then, is it, what kind of inn is this? They really should tell me these things, like in very obvious places. This is a modest inn with... Okay, there we go. A bed for the night costs five silver. A cook wolf, wolf steak costs five silver. Uh, you can have cheap wine for three copper or fine wine for one silver. So those are the costs. Speaking of uh, needing jobs, didn't we get offered some money for doing this? From Ismark? Did we? That is a great question. I can't remember. That's like a legit question. I, yeah, I can't remember um, if we got offered money for this. Let me go track him down. Stand by. Oh. I know he said he would that. help you fight Strahd. <laughs> I, I remember that part for sure. <laughs> I don't remember what else was part of that. Um... Yeah, I think he just offers to help you fight Strahd. Okay, just curious. Okay. Um, so let's make this easy. Uh, do you guys want to stay in the inn? It will cost for all of you like five silver a person, so that is basically two gold pieces um, for lodging, two more gold pieces for food, and then, you know, however much drink you want to drink with that. I don't know how much gold anybody has, but probably not that um, much, like not a ton, right? So let's see. I currently have I okay, I don't something. know if this is accurate, but I have twenty one. Um <clears throat> and, and Wanderous, you have all been able to eat along the trail because Wanderous is a wanderer and can actually get together enough food and pure and water and whatever to feed us. So okay. We have enough food. We don't, you know, I mean. And some of you might, might have rations fine, if you but... want to eat those. You know, it's. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll have a ration and water. Well, in the sense of fairness, if we're wanting to stay here, is that is that the consensus that we'd like to at least stay here for the night? I yeah. think so. I think so. I'm willing to front one of the gold. Yeah, so I'll, I'll we'll... front another gold. Okay, cool. I All have right. a silver piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think um you guys um get the gold for 
bed. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you guys uh, set up. There is a room that has. There's a couple different rooms. We're gonna have that's boring stuff. We're not gonna do that right now. We'll hash that out another time. But you guys sort of get set up with some rooms, uh, and Arena and Ismark get set up with a different room. Um, and I think we will probably leave it right there. So you guys sort of sit down in the tavern, uh, whether you're eating your rations or getting food and drink from the tavern. Uh, the evening wears on. We'll come back and revisit a lot of this, uh, but you'll be, you know, going to sleep and night will be falling and we'll kind of flash back to this next session. So, um, friends, I think that is where we are going to call it this evening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.